Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. The sports world keeps spinning, and the local conversation continues. Now, Hacker After Dark on 1010XL. And a very good Friday evening to you, Jacksonville. It is Hacker After Dark, 1010XL and 92.5 FM with Dylan Denmark. The Hacker Ryan Green with you. Glad you are with us as we are just over 24 hours away from the AFC South Championship game. The Tennessee Titans, the Jacksonville Jaguars, tomorrow night, 8-15. The game will be heard right here on 1010XL. As you can imagine, the next two hours will be almost entirely dedicated to probably the biggest regular season home football game that Jacksonville may have ever played. Certainly in the conversation, I can't think of a bigger regular season game unless you want to get, um, you know, opening day 1995. If you want to get all in the feels there, the first ever game, I would listen to you on that one. September 3rd, 1995. Aside from that, I can't think of a bigger regular season game. It's the team that has caused you so much pain as a Jaguar fan. It's a win-or-go-home scenario in front of a primetime TV audience with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on the call. Whew. Good grief. All right, we got a lot to do tonight. We have a loaded show. Here's what we got for you. Less than 20 minutes away, Brian Sexton, Jaguars.com. We'll talk with Brian about this game tomorrow and about how the Jaguars got here from 3-7 and seven and the season being over to 8-8. Eight and eight and one win tomorrow night away from just the second AFC South Division Championship in Jaguar history. So Brian Sexton, 20 minutes away. Later on in the 8 o'clock hour, my man Leon Searcy. You get him every day on XL Primetime. You get him here weekly on Hacker After Dark. He played the Titans on January 23rd, 2000 in that AFC Championship game. More on that in a moment. But we'll get Leon's perspective on what he expects to happen tomorrow night. In the 9 o'clock hour, we got to get the final thoughts of head coach Dave Campo. Of course, he's our head coach here on 1010XL. His final thoughts, his final predictions about tomorrow night with the Jaguars and the Titans. And in the interest of fairness, and I've tried to do that this week, we've had a couple of guys up in Nashville give the Titans perspective of this game. My friend Blaine Bishop, 104.5 The Zone in Nashville, a former All-Pro safety for the Tennessee Titans. He was on that 99 Titans team that beat Jacksonville three times. We'll talk to Blaine Bishop about the Tennessee side of this matchup coming up tomorrow night. So as you can tell, we are loaded. We are glad you have decided to spend some of your Friday evening with us, as we do every night. Here on Hacker After Dark, we kick it off with a big deal of the night and Dylan Denmark. Let's do that right now. 
time now for the big deal of the night. What's the big deal? What is the big deal? No big deal. It is a big deal. On Hacker After Dark. You know, we've analyzed this game from every angle. We've analyzed it from the Titans side, from the Jaguars side, the historical side, and in just over 24 hours, the talking will stop and the game will be played. Jacksonville, Florida, it is payback time for January 23rd, 2000. I remember sitting in section 432, row W, seats 20 and 21 as Tennessee beat Jacksonville. But what that game did in January of 2000 was so much bigger than that season. That game ended. The first, you know, part of Jaguar football history. The Jaguars were never the same after Tennessee beat them three times in 1999. And on January 23rd, 2000, the team comprised of Tony Baselli, Jimmy Smith, Mark Brunel, Keenan McCardell, Leon Searcy, Go on down the line. Tony Brackens, Kevin Hardy, the best of the best to ever do it in Jaguar uniform was never the same after Tennessee beat you January 23rd, 2000. I mean, think about it. Tony Baselli, Seth Payne, and Gary Walker were all gone in 2002. Mark Brunell was gone soon after that. Keenan McCardell left after, I believe, what, the 2000 season, right? That game not only ended the 99 season, not only had a team beat you three times, but the damage it did moving forward, the salary cap hell, right? Having to get rid of all those contracts. The Jacksonville Jaguars would not sniff the playoffs for six years after that game. And to have Jeff Fisher and Eddie George and Steve McNair celebrating on the field, That was 23 years ago, man. I remember it like it was yesterday. It's payback time. Tomorrow night. You can put a serious blow into the Titans moving forward and reclaim this division. Because I'm not sure you ever have reclaimed it. I'm not sure you ever have reclaimed it. That was the AFC Central in 1999. When the Texans came in, it became the AFC South. Tennessee came with you. Indianapolis came over from the AFC East, and this is what you got. And in two decades, in 20 years, you've only won the division one time. And guess what? The one time you won the division in 2017, Tennessee beat you that year up in Nashville. This has never been the Jaguars' division. It's been Tennessee's division. It's been Indianapolis's division. It's been Houston's division. It has never been the Jacksonville Jaguars division. Tomorrow night, in front of a national TV audience, you have the opportunity to make it your division. And what an opportunity it is. Go out there 
and beat the team that has beaten you time and time again for the last 20 years. You know, I remember January 22nd, 2000, the Saturday before that AFC championship game. Now, I was 16 years old, right? I don't have near the perspective I do now at 39, a lifetime ago. But I do remember, I think it was a sophomore at Wolfson High School, thinking, there's no way Tennessee's going to come in here and win. No way. They're not going to beat Jacksonville three times in a row? Are you kidding? With the talent the Jaguars have, the way the Jaguars are playing? And the letdown, that game and that day has lived with me for 23 years. I don't have the same feeling tonight, although I'm just here to to remind you guys of something, all right? The Jaguars have played phenomenal over the last six weeks. No one expects Tennessee to win, much like in January of 2000. But you just got to be cautious. You got to be careful. If Jacksonville goes out there tomorrow and plays the way they have for six weeks, they should win with this caveat. Remember how the Jaguars' winning streak of four in a row started up in Nashville. Why did you win the game? Tennessee was beating you with 10 seconds to go in the first half. You won the game up in Nashville because you knocked them in the mouth and you caused turnovers. I went back and watched that game. You know, we talk about Evan Ingram getting out of bounds against Dallas. Remember that? At the very end of the game, the Jaguars were able to save their timeout when Ingram got out of bounds. And I said at that point, that might be the biggest play of the season that no one's talking about. I'll give you another one. Shaquille Quarterman's hit on Derrick Henry in that first Titan game. After the two-minute warning in the first half, Tennessee's up 14-13. Tennessee's driving the ball inside the Jacksonville 25. At bare minimum, they're getting a field goal. Maybe they get a touchdown and go up 21-13 heading into the locker room. Shaquille Quarterman knocking the absolute tar out of Derrick Henry, forcing that ball loose. What a play by Shaq Quarterman. Josh Allen getting there, recovering that ball, being in the right place at the right time. Oh, man. And it's a play that we've kind of forgotten about because in that Tennessee game, you think about how great Evan Ingram was, and he was great. You think about the great catch by Zay Jones. It was a great catch by Zay Jones. Great concentration in the corner of the end zone. But I'm not sure how much of any of that actually was going to happen if Shaquille Quarterman did not absolutely lay out Derrick Henry. And again, you won that Titan game because you forced four turnovers. Four of them. Trayvon Walker forcing the fumble on Ryan Tannehill. Dewey Wingard with the interception. Henry was credited for two fumbles. One was his fault. One probably wasn't, but regardless, the Jaguars had four turnovers. 
You do that again tomorrow night, you'll win the game by 30. But on the flip side, if you're the team committing turnovers, if you're the team committing penalties, could be a long night at the bank. Derrick Henry had 100 yards rushing in the first quarter in the game in Nashville. I would suspect with Josh Dobbs at quarterback, you're going to see a large, large, large amount of Derrick Henry tomorrow night. Although, like I told you guys earlier this week, if I'm Todd Downing, the Tennessee offensive coordinator, if I'm Mike Vrabel and that staff tomorrow night with over 70,000 people in that stadium, the Jaguars unbelievably fired up, I might use Henry as a decoy in the first quarter and go play action. Make sure those Jaguar corners, make sure those Jaguar safeties are not doing things they're not supposed to be doing. It's a cat and mouse game, man. You got Doug Peterson, who's won a Super Bowl, against Mike Vrabel, who was NFL Coach of the Year. Oh, cannot wait. And the excitement in this city. Did you listen to the Frangie show earlier today? They did a pep rally out at Strings. There were a billion people there. All unbelievably fired up. Anytime I talk on the phone today to friends, family, whomever, it's Jaguars, Jaguars, Jaguars. What have we always said as a community? That whenever this team wins, this city is unbelievable. We saw it in 1996, 97, 98, and 99. And then it went away. And it went away because of the Tennessee Titans. Came back a little bit in 05, a little bit in 07. And then you had a decade of just total nonsense. Absolute nonsense. And then you saw it again in 2017. The excitement in this city... For that 2017 team, but like the Jaguars always do, it went away again. 18, 19, 20, 21, just awful. Last year, you could argue, might have been rock bottom for the Jaguars, which is saying something. But now here we are in 2022 with Trevor Lawrence, Doug Peterson, and a fun football team to watch. And if they win that game tomorrow night, next week in Jacksonville, Florida, getting ready for only the second home playoff game in the last 23 years, it will be incredible. Last time I'll mention it, there wasn't a soul in Jacksonville on January 22nd, 1999, or 2000 rather, that thought the Jaguars were going to lose to the Titans. Tonight, there's not a soul in Jacksonville, Florida, that believes the Jaguars will lose to the Titans. I don't expect lightning to strike twice. I have a cautious optimism. But make no mistake about it. Tennessee is the AFC South champion until they're not. Mike Vrabel is the NFL coach of the year until he is not. They're not going to lay down. What do they have to lose tomorrow? I wouldn't be surprised if you saw Malik Willis and Josh Dobbs on the field together from time to time. 
you want to talk about the kitchen sink, Tennessee's had 10 days, or I guess nine days, to think about the kitchen sink, the refrigerator, the cabinets. They're going to throw everything at the Jaguars. Why not? They're like a touchdown underdog with a quarterback that's been on their roster for three weeks. Everybody's picking Jacksonville, including myself. I think Jaguars are going to win. But if Jacksonville was in the same position, you know what we'd be saying tonight? Reverse the roles. We're dangerous. We got nothing to lose. It's Duval versus all y'all, backs against the wall. What do you think the message has been in Nashville all week? That same exact moniker. Like I said, 24 hours from now, the talking will stop. And we're going to play some football at TIAA Bank Field. Tomorrow on 1010XL, pregame coverage believes uh, begins roughly around 3.30. That'll lead into the network pregame at 5, the game broadcast at 8. Network postgame immediately following the game. And yeah, you bet your bottom dollar. Leon Searcy, head coach Dave Campo, and myself, for you, Jacksonville, we will be here on the fifth quarter. 1 a.m., roughly. And we're going to go two hours, man. We're going to take you into Sunday morning. Yeah, I'm pumped. You should be, Trevor. I'm very pumped about it. I'm not sure I'm as pumped as Campo, though, when I told him. Campo was unbelievably fired up. I'm not kidding about that, actually. And I really hope that when I'm on this microphone in 29 hours from now, that we're talking about an AFC South championship. If we're not, if the season does unexpectedly end tomorrow night, will it sting? You bet it will. Will it hurt? Absolutely. But it should not take away from what the Jaguars have already accomplished. They were 3-7 and seven six weeks ago. The Titans were 7-3. and three. The Jaguars were four games out with seven to go. You don't make that up in the NFL. No way, no how. The fact that Jacksonville's even here is remarkable. What a collapse by Tennessee. And what a performance in the last six weeks by the Jaguars. But it takes one more. It takes one more tomorrow night to bring home your second AFC South championship. Again, we are loaded tonight. Former Jaguar Leon Searcy. Former Tennessee Titan Blaine Bishop. Former Dallas Cowboy head coach Dave Campo. All still to come. But coming up next, Brian Sexton. He knows a thing or two about Jaguar football over the years. He's with Jaguars.com, and he is next. Hacker After Dark on a Friday before the AFC South Championship game, and you got it locked right here to 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Now, another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line, brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. Back here on 1010XL at 92.5 FM in the city of Jacksonville. We are glad you are with us. We hope you had a happy new year, and boy, what a game. Coming up this weekend for the AFC South Championship, the Tennessee Titans 
and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's talk to a man that's worked with the Jaguar organization for over 28 years. It's a big one on Saturday night. No one else better to talk to than Brian Sexton of Jaguars.com on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Again, Brian Sexton of Jaguars.com. Brian, it's a big one this weekend. Tennessee and Jacksonville. It's it's a playoff game, right, for all intents and purposes. The winner is the AFC South champion. The loser is uh, almost certainly going home for the offseason. It's a primetime game on Saturday night down at the stadium, and what a scene that should be. Well, you know, I've been telling folks since Sunday that it, it's going to be the biggest regular season game since the 22nd of December 1996 when the Jaguars were hoping to finish off the Atlanta Falcons in a five-game winning streak to end the season. You know, Ryan, you and I would talk through the course of this year, and I've made comparisons because I think there are so many similarities to 96, but that's exactly what you've got here. One game for the chance to get into the tournament, a stadium that is, if it's not sold out you know, at this moment, it will be in, in a matter of hours, uh, filled with Jacksonville people ready to watch their team, ready to watch their quarterback, right, which we've been waiting for for a very, very long time. Um, I, I mean, I, I expect the Titans to come in and give their best, but I expect the Jaguars to just and, – and the scene to just be overwhelming on Saturday night, and I can't wait. Brian, we'll get to the game in a moment, but a lot of people uh, upset about the Saturday night situation. The Titans coming off a Thursday game. They get nine days off, or the Jaguars basically only get five and a half days off. Uh, Do you think that's a big deal? Is that as big a deal as people are making it out to be? No, because, you know, so many of their guys are hurt. You know, I mean, they have put so many guys. I think they lead the league with the number of guys who are on injured reserve and the Jaguars had the fewest number of games lost to starting players this year. I mean, it kind of just is what it is, and you can't do much about it. And you're talking about one more day. Does one day make a difference? Yeah, I guess it can make a difference. But there's nothing you can do about worrying about it. And the Jaguars knew the scenario existed, so they had a plan in place last week to deal with the shortened week. It's not like they thought, well, we're getting Sunday no matter what. No, they were prepared for it. Um, You know, you get used to playing in four days with a Thursday night game, which they just did. You can get used to playing in six days. And I, you know, I, I said, again, I was watching the game with my kids, and I said to, uh, to them on Sunday night, hey, you know, if Green Bay wins this game, they're Sunday night. What? Yeah, it's Green Bay, right? 100 years of history, fans spread out all over the country, a major draw. I think, I, I think we all knew that if Green Bay won that game, they were Sunday night. So the Jaguars kind of adjusted to it. And it's, you know, it's that little engine that could thing that we've talked about for years. Jacksonville's always going to be the small market. They're always going to have to prove themselves. There will be plenty of Sunday games in this team's future with this coach and this quarterback. No one has to worry about that. You're going to see your team on prime time. It's going to happen. Um, Saturday night, let's go. Brian Sexton, Jaguars.com. Brian, I got to tell you, looking back at the Houston game, obviously Houston's not very good. Their record indicates that. But that's a Texan team that was coming off a win against the Titans. That's a Texan team that took Kansas City to overtime, and that's a Texan team that all but had Dallas beat till Dallas drove it 90 yards in the final minutes in the last, what, four or five weeks all those games transpired. So translation, that Texan team was playing pretty good. They were feeling pretty good about themselves. Jacksonville goes in there on Sunday and just runs rough shot over them. I was taken aback by that a little bit, Brian, to be honest with you. Well, we've seen some bad Jaguar teams, you know, finish the year with a flourish. In fact, we watched one last year, Wallop, 
the Colts and 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 send the Colts' entire franchise off kilter. I mean, look what happened to them this year. So yeah, I mean, to go in there and to beat a team that wanted to beat you for a tenth consecutive time, to you know derail you, uh, the game meant a lot to the Texans because they wanted to finish with a winning record in the division, and it didn't have a lot of significance to the Jaguars in terms of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I think it was an impressive win. And it would have been great to win 10 to 7, but to go beat them 31 to 3 and they settled for, you know, a long field goal to get on the board, that's the thing that was so impressive about what this team is doing. And if you go and you watch the, the highlight of Doug in the locker room afterward, and he talks about just do what you do, be who you are, don't change anything. This team, since that loss to the Lions, has been a steady team. They have been businesslike. They have been purposeful. They have won games that no one thought they had any business to win, like winning in um, in Nashville and beating them the way that they did and beating the Cowboys. You know, and then they go on, on primetime in New York the week before Christmas in bad weather. And then last week, I mean, this is a businesslike team, Ryan. The old Jaguars are gone. That team is put to rest. This is a completely different team. And I know, because I do it myself, that a lot of people who've watched this team for a long time are anticipating all right, when are the Jaguars going to show up? You know, when are we going to see the sloppy play, the turnovers? When are we going to see missed opportunities? I think that's gone. I think you've got a team coached by – do I have to convince you that this guy is coach of the year material? I don't think so. I mean, this guy has done an amazing job. Um, I've been impressed with it all. So it's it, this thing is about to get fun because the coach and the quarterback are on the same wavelength, and we've waited for that for a long time. Brian Sexton of Jaguars.com. I'll tell you this, Brian, too, and I was guilty of it on Sunday. You know, we talk about momentum, keeping the momentum going. As I'm watching the game, I'm thinking, you know what? Trevor is kind of struggling a little bit. You know, we overthrew Christian Kirk. He had the interception. And you look at the end of the game, and he's 17 of 21. I mean, yeah. if you're 17 of 21, and it looks to me and other fans have brought it up, too, that they thought Trevor was struggling – my gracious. I mean, what the bar that he has set for himself. Well, that's true. And we've watched him over the last couple of weeks throwing lasers with authority, um, not throwing interceptions. And so I think when that ball was picked off, you know, people immediately went, well, it's not a good day for Trevor. Well, okay, 17 to 21 is not a good day. Buckle up. It's going to get a lot more fun than I thought. Um, we, we, this is an offense, and we're about to get used to a team that can score. It's why I, why I think the Jaguars – are likely to be able to hang a number on the Titans on a Saturday night because this team can score. And, and I don't know that the Titans can keep up. They've averaged just 15 points a game over the course of their six game losing streak. So I just, when you've got that kind of a quarterback and 17 of 21 has people scratching their heads, man, something's really going right in Jacksonville. Brian, you were on the call January 23rd, 2000. I don't have any internet material in front of me, any papers in front of me. I remember that game because that was the worst day in Jaguar history when Tennessee yeah. came in here and won that AFC championship game. It's 23 years ago, yet I remember as a 15-year-old kid, I guess I was 16, like it was like it was yesterday. And I wonder, look, that'll never be erased. That day will never be erased. Jeff Fisher and Steve McNair and Eddie George celebrating there. At, I guess it was Altel Stadium at the time. But would a win on on Saturday night, dampen any of that stain on the on the Jaguar franchise if they knock the Titans out take the division from them in one of the greatest division comebacks the NFL has seen how much will put that put to rest what happened on January 23rd 2000 well to me it'll never put it to rest right I mean that was 
that was an amazing season and, and, and a Super Bowl would have been amazing. So I'll always kind of feel that. And I've got my own, you know, personal stories about, you know, the aftermath of that game and driving home. And, and I won't bore your listeners with it. I'll never forget that. But here's what it will do is it will signal the dawn of a new age in this rivalry. And look, you know, and, and you may have some younger listeners who don't who aren't as familiar. The Titans beat the Jaguars in their first ever game. Right. The, the Titans kept the Jaguars from claiming the division title, their first in 1998, when they were the Oilers here and beat them. And the Jaguars had to go on the road and lose and 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 claim the division title by default. They kept us from the Super Bowl. I mean, there's so many things in this rivalry that are important and and meaningful. And this will be, I think, the dawn of an era where the Jaguars are the better team. The Jaguars are the best team in the division. I, I've said that since midseason. I saw the roster, Ryan, and I said, I don't care what you say or what the record is this year. The Jaguars are entering that moment where this is their division because they have the best young roster with a quarterback. So it will switch the narrative going forward uh, and give the Jaguars a chance to catch up in the standings between the two teams. But nah, that, 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 that AFC championship game. Yeah. That one's going to sting forever, at least to me. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know, maybe it's my age. Cause again, I was a teenager when that happened and the Titans have done so much damage to me mentally over the years. And I get it. They've lost six in a row. They got a guy starting at quarterback that was on the lions practice squad two and a half weeks ago. They're unbelievably banged up and and I get all that but Brian I see that logo man and, and I hear yeah. Vrabel talking at his press conference this week and the, how they're getting healthier and they're going to be ready to go and you know Derek Henry's going to come in here and do his thing and even though everything in my mind's telling me Jacksonville should roll these guys I think that logo just has some kind of voodoo over me Brian because I'm a little concerned. well and, and look I, I mean I, I get it too what did we just say a couple minutes ago keep waiting for the Jaguars to show up that team that couldn't compete with those guys that Derrick Henry could run over. I think that's gone. I, you know, the Jaguars, when you look at it, just start matching up. Where don't they match up? Okay. They've got a dominant interior player in Jeffrey Simmons, who's battling an ankle injury, by the way. And maybe he's had a little time to get healthy. He's the most dominant player on their defense, but the rest of their defense is lacking pop. They just don't have the guys that they started the season with. And on offense, who's going to beat you? I mean, is Dobbs going to beat you? No. Is Traylon Burks going to beat you? No. Maybe in the future, he's a rookie. He's not going to beat you. It's going to be Derrick Henry. If Derrick Henry can beat you, then he's the greatest player in NFL history, right? One guy carrying a franchise to break a six-game losing streak against a team with a hot coach and a hot quarterback that's taking away the ball on defense, that's making plays down the field. I think it's overwhelming in favor of the Jaguars. I do get it. Mike Vrabel's an excellent coach. They play ball control. If the Titans come in here and take the ball away and get short fields and extra possessions, yeah, they can win. But if the Jaguars play the way they've been playing in recent weeks, I expect the Jaguars to put a number up and have another game like the last two where people go, wow, I don't want to play them in the playoffs. Final moments here with Brian Sexton of Jaguars.com. Brian, I want to talk about the coverage you guys are going to have on the website, final thought about the game. You alluded to it earlier. You think about the big regular season games. I love the Morton Anderson comparison in 1996 there in December where the Jaguars won that game and maybe the most memorable play in Jaguar history. You think about some of the other great atmospheres. I, I cannot begin to tell you all day Saturday. People were upset about Saturday 
Well, the tailgating is going to start, you know, 10 hours beforehand. It's going to be an insane asylum in there. It will look like, Brian, to me, what those Jaguar games in the mid to late 90s looked like on Saturday. Yeah, this is a chance for Jacksonville and for the fan base to show the league what it's capable of being. And I think we all know what this place is like when the Jaguars are winning and what the parking lots are like when the Jaguars fans are anticipating the game. I would tell people, stop worrying about the fact that you're playing a game on Saturday, one day earlier, one day, 24 hours, okay? And start focusing on the fact that you're playing a game, one game at the end of the season with everything on the line against a heated rival on national TV. I mean, you can focus on the negative if you want, and I don't think it's that negative, or you can focus on the positive. And the positive here is this is Jacksonville's moment to shine. I'm telling you, Ryan, I wrote this in Quick Thoughts last week, which I do for Jaguars.com. I always love finding the San Francisco 49ers games when the Jaguars are done because I love to watch the way that Kyle Shanahan maneuvers and works personnel groups and motion to get the most out of his offense. I just I think he's a magician. And then I've been watching Doug Peterson with his quarterback the last couple of weeks do the exact same thing. I don't need to go find the Niners now. I'm watching it right in front of me. It's about to be so good. Forget the Saturday. If you think that's a slight, let it go. Focus, bring your energy for what is a massive moment for this franchise. In his first year, Doug Peterson has this team ready to claim the division title and send you into the playoffs. I'm telling you, if I had offered that to you in September and said it's going to be on Saturday night, not Sunday, you would have said, I'll take it. I'll take it at Saturday at, at 9 a.m. I don't care. Let me play for something. The time is irrelevant. The team is what matters, and this team is ready to go. There's no doubt about it. I know you guys are ready to go at Jaguars.com. Brian, what's coming up this week? Well, you know, the, the regular slate of drive time and happy hour. You know, it's kind of like Doug said to his team. It, just keep doing the same thing. Just keep doing the same thing. It's funny. I do this show called Jags Wired, which airs on Wednesday nights. And it's a behind-the-scenes show. And I've told people that for the last couple of years, I've gotten really good at writing a good show about a team that isn't as good. And I've been excited the last month, Ryan, to be able to write a good show about a team that is good. You know what I mean? There's a lot of the work that we've done over the years that's been good and entertaining, but people haven't wanted to see it because the team hasn't been winning. Well, now we've got a lot of eyeballs on our stuff because people are excited about their team and they can't consume enough Jaguars material. So I think people are going to really enjoy a lot of the things, whether it's sounds of the game or mic'd up or our, our shows. Um, we're excited to tell the story of a good team and, um, Maybe we'll be telling a lot of different chapters of that story for years to come. Brian Sexton, Jaguars.com. Brian, how about this? Let's go beat Tennessee Saturday night, and let's you and I talk a little playoffs next week. How about that? Hey, Brian, as I've told you all season, I really enjoy the conversation. Call me. Brian, thank you very much, my friend. We'll see you Saturday. You got it. Brian Sexton, Jaguars.com. Always kind enough to join us here on Hacker After Dark. And, yeah, don't worry about the Saturday thing. You know what? You keep winning games, and you will find yourself on Sunday night, Monday night, whatever you want. And, hey, like he said, it's a great point. If I were to tell you when the Jaguars were 3-7 and seven, six weeks ago that, oh, by the way, on Saturday night, January the 7th, you're going to have Joe Buck and Troy Aikman in the broadcast booth for a national TV primetime Saturday night game against the Tennessee Titans to win the AFC South? <laughs> there isn't anyone, and I mean anyone listening to me, that would not have taken that. 
when the Jaguars were three and seven. We are inside of 24 hours before the biggest regular season home football game probably in Jaguar history other than, I guess, maybe opening day in 1995. What a scene. What a scene it's been all day in the city. And what a scene it'll be all day tomorrow. I know the Bold City Brigade, they're doing their thing beginning early in the afternoon. A lot of the parking lots will open up, I believe, at 4 o'clock around the stadium. One thing, though, to remember, and I've seen a lot of videos about this. Remember that Seattle game in 2017? That was a huge national TV game. A lot of people got into the stadium late, and there were problems at the gates getting in. Everybody, you know, basically rushed in to try to get in for the kickoff. Well, you can't do that 20 minutes before a game, all right? You got to get in there early tomorrow night. So have fun at your tailgate. Have a heck of a time. Hopefully you're functional enough to walk to the stadium after you've been tailgating that long. But I would try to get in there no later than 7, 7.15, no later than 7.15 because there are going to be estimations of over 70,000 people down there tomorrow. It will probably be the biggest attended Jaguar game in a decade, I believe, is what I heard Chad Johnson say earlier today. So just don't think you're going to pack up your tailgate at 745 and walk on into the stadium. You might have been able to do that in 2020 when the Jaguars were 1-15. That's not going to fly tomorrow. So plan accordingly to get in there and be as loud as you can. You know, I was telling Denmark, earlier. Denmark, no offense to you, you were not alive uh, in the late 90s or a large portion of the late 90s, you being a strapping lad and only 24 years of age. But there was a time in the National Football League in the late 90s when you asked people about the loudest outdoor stadiums, they would say Arrowhead. They would say, I believe FedEx Field was on the list back then, but Jacksonville was on that list. There was a time when this stadium for an outdoor venue, was one of the loudest in the NFL. Let's do that again tomorrow night. Josh Dobbs, his second career NFL start, his first NFL start on the road. Are you kidding me? Let's make it as uncomfortable for the Tennessee Titans as possible. A man that knows all about playing big games in that stadium is my friend Leon Searcy. You hear him every day on XL Primetime. You get him here every week with me on Hacker After Dark. Let's talk Jaguars, Titans, and everything surrounding this game with my man Leon Searcy. That's next. Hacker After Dark on a Friday night in Jacksonville. We're glad you're with us. Another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. Back here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM in the city of Jacksonville. We are glad you are with us. The Jaguars and the Titans. Saturday night, 8-15. Of course, you'll hear the game right here on 1010XL. The winner not only wins the AFC South, but is guaranteed at least one home playoff game. Let's talk to a man that knows all about the playoffs, all about championship games, all about playing in a Super Bowl. You hear him every day on XL Primetime. He, of course, is my friend Leon Searcy, former Pro Bowl offensive tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Leon, how we doing, man? I'm doing great, bro. Leon, 3-7 and seven was not that long ago. The Jaguars were 3-7 and seven 
and the season was over. And now here we are, 8-8, eight and eight, one home win away from an AFC South championship. Leon, put into context what this team has accomplished over the last six weeks. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean listen, my hat goes off to the coaching staff. Uh, I've been in situations uh, professionally uh, where I've had teammates, without well, teammates, I've had guys on other teams that have called me and said, they listen, big service, well, I mailed it in, I ain't got another couple of games left. I've, I, you know, fortunately, I've never been in that position. I've always been, you know, in the playoff part of my 11 years, I was I was a professional football player. But the coaches said, you got to understand this, when you're three and seven and you're on a five-game losing streak, you've got to be able to command and demand the attention of your ball club. Uh, Doug Peterson had to tell this team that you're close. You, 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 I mean, you're preaching to the choir, to be quite honest with you. And the mass majority of the guys believed. The reason why I said they believed is because early on in the season, when they had all those losses, most of those losses were self-inflicted. You know, penalties here, illegal procedures, uh, holding calls, offside calls. Uh, pass interference, roughing all those, all those uh, tedious mistakes that they made early on. At this point, at later part in the season, they aren't making them. You know, they're beating their teams; they're not beating themselves. So, I mean, the coaching staff's ability to keep these guys uh, in tuned for the rest of the season and, and be on the streak that they're on uh, says a lot about uh, Doug Peterson and his coaching staff. The tremendous job they did keeping this team preoccupied and, and, and keeping a lot of distractions out of the locker room is the reason why this team is in the position they are right now one game away from making the playoffs. And Leon, you obviously have a great perspective for some of the coaches you played for. Go back to your college days, Jimmy Johnson, uh, Dennis Erickson, and then obviously in the NFL with the likes of Bill Cowher, Tom Coughlin. I mean, what Doug Peterson had to do was more than most coaches have to do in year number one because he had to completely clean up and erase the nonsense that was here last year. So after you do that, all right, now you're three and seven. It would have been very easy for the guys to mail it in, as you said. And now all they've done is rattle off five out of six and get in this position. So he won't win it because it's a small market and there are a lot of other good candidates. But I got to tell you, Leon, if they win Saturday night, I don't know if there's been a better coach in the NFL this year when you combine all the factors than what we've had here with Doug Peterson in Jacksonville. Hey, I totally agree with you. Uh, Doug Peterson should be coach of the year for what he had to endure, the mess that he inherited through Urban Meyer, the having to change the mindset, the culture that was Jacksonville. The, the, the culture here in Jacksonville over the last decade or so was of losing a loser's mentality. And it, I had become very frustrated with the fact that they embraced it. They almost uh, waddled in it, that they were a bunch of, you know, uh, misfit losers that were comfortable winning three, four, five games a season. So, I mean, Pat, Doug Peterson had to deal with, they had to get them, he had to get the mass majority of these players out their own way. He had to get the franchise out its own way. He had to bring implement his standards, his style, his temperament, you know, his confidence into a bunch of guys who had been beaten down over the last decade or so, organization that had been beaten down. So Doug Pearson, absolutely, in my opinion, and I'm biased, of course, 
he should definitely win the coach of the year from what he had to inherit as a franchise and what he had to inherit as a mental uh, state of players who had wallowed in mediocrity for the last decade and a half. So for him to change the temperament, the confidence, the, the style of play, that these players are playing at right now, the high level and intensity that these players are playing at right now, they absolutely, Doug Peterson and his coaching staff should be commended. Former Jaguar Pro Bowl offensive tackle Leon Searcy. Leon, in 1996, right, that's the run that a lot of people around here are comparing this year to. You were on that 96 Jaguar roster. You guys rattled off four wins in a row. You're playing the lowly Atlanta Falcons in the regular season finale an Atlanta team that was awful that year. And for whatever reason, Atlanta decided to show up, played a great game, and it took a 31-yard Morton Anderson missed field goal for Jacksonville to win the game. The reason I bring that up, people are talking about this game against Tennessee is against a wounded team, a team in Josh Dobbs that only has been there for a couple of weeks. And that's all true. No question about it. But... I just I I'm not worried necessarily, Leon. It's a cautious optimism that Jacksonville takes care of business. But games like this, I mean, the NFL is called any given Sunday for a reason. And I hope the Jaguar fans realize. I know the players do, but I hope the fans we're talking to realize Tennessee is the division champion until they're not. And uh, you got to beat them on on Saturday night, or none of this matters. And they will raise that banner again as the third division champ in a row so it's a big game and Tennessee has the opportunity boy to correct their season in a big way here on Saturday no I'm not worried hack and neither should you be we're the better team we're going to prepare to win this game this Tennessee Titans team is in our way that's been the approach of this team over the last six weeks next this team is in our way I think this team is playing at a very high level I don't see any letdown. I think Doug Peterson and the coaching staff is going to have this team uh, ready to go uh, through preparation, uh, through game planning, through execution. Uh, they've got to, they're going to play at a very high level. I, I just don't think that the Tennessee Titans, although they uh, were the number one seed last year, there's a complete difference between that number one seed and this team we're playing now. Uh, where they play hard, absolutely. The reason why they're going to play hard is because everybody's telling them that this is a mismatch. Jacksonville's going to kill you. So, I mean, yeah, I expect them to come out with fight, give up a good fight. But I just think we've got too much talent on both sides of the ball. Uh, their quarterback situation is uh, deplorable. Their offensive line on their left side is horrible. Uh, Derek uh, Henry is going to get 30 to 40 carries in the game. He's going to be... He's going to be uh, worn down. Um, Doug Peterson is going to uh, create mismatches with his playmakers offensively. Trevor's going to get the ball out of his hands offensively. Mean, listen, it's, it's going to be it's going to be a, 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 a well executed game on our behalf, and it's just going to be inevitable that the Tennessee Titans are going to have to pass the torch uh, to the Jacksonville Jaguars moving forward as the AFC South Division champs. Tell us how you really feel, Leon. Deplorable, horrible. I hope you're right. There is no question about that. And, you know, look, a couple of things. A lot has been made, and we talked about this on the fifth quarter, a lot has been made about Tennessee being off since last Thursday, 
the NFL may be giving the Jaguars the business by making it a Saturday night game, one day less to prepare. My counter-argument to that is, well, the Jaguars had 10 days off between the Jets and the Texans, so they've only played one game in 16 days by the time this thing is kicked off on Saturday. But are people making too much out of the rest issue going into this game? Yeah, I think they are. I mean, you know, here's the thing. It's been a very, very long time, Hack, since we've been in this position. And everybody is thinking about – people have come accustomed to this team being bad. So now that they're good, they worry about every little thing that may, uh, you know, uh, sink the ship, sort of say. Are you referring and, to me when you're saying this? No, no, I'm talking not just you, Hack. I mean, everyone, the closer we get, the more the fan base gets worried. Did they get enough rest? Uh, what about this? What about that? Let's just listen. Everything that you, it, it wasn't uh, um, what you saw over the last couple of weeks was not a mirage. We actually have a good football team that is coached well, that prepares well, executes well, and doesn't beat itself. I know it's been a very long time, Jacksonville, since we've had something like that. Get used to it. As long as Doug Peterson is a head coach, there's a new there's a new car smell in Jacksonville that we might as well get used to. This team is going to go out Saturday. They're going to play with a great deal of energy and enthusiasm as them, because our fan base is going to fill the bank. We're going to go out there. We're going to jump on them early. We're going to create turnovers. We're going to we're going to we're going to score touchdowns and we're going to win this game easily. I know a lot of people have a problem, have a hard time saying that. But it's it going to happen. We're going to win this game easily. We're going to finish 9-8. and eight, And then next Saturday, we're going to host a Ravens team that's going to come to Jacksonville. Or potentially the Chargers. And that would be a great problem oh. to have if they do yes. host a playoff game. Final moments here with former Jaguar Pro Bowl offensive tackle, Leon Searcy. Leon, you're the perfect guy to ask this. You won national titles in college, just like Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne and Trayvon Walker did. But at some point, you had to play a big game in the NFL. And in 1994, your first AFC championship game there in Pittsburgh. Now, again, this is not an AFC championship game, but it's the first playoff game that a lot of these young Jaguars are going to play, the first win or go home scenario in the NFL, even though a lot of these guys had the same scenarios in college. How much of a factor is it, or is it just a talking point for guys like me, that a lot of guys on that Titans roster have been in these type of games, yet a lot of guys on this Jaguar roster have not. Um, well, you know, I mean, listen, uh, you can play the – I've been the playoff card. I've got playoff experience. But what if the playoff experience is losing, how much experience is that to share with your compadres? Uh, the Tennessee Titans have, have lost – uh, or shoot, they, last year they were the number one seed and got bounced in the first round. Would you want to share that with your <laughs> compadres or the guys in your locker room that we were the number one seed that got bounced? Absolutely not. So I think that us not having any playoff experience, not knowing any better, uh, I think that's beneficial to us because you can't tell us how to react uh it, when once we get in the playoffs, or once you in a, a, a win or go home situation, um, so I, listen, it, it, it can factor out either way. I, I'm just hoping that it's going to factor out, you know, in our favor, 
that this team is just young enough to not know any better and go out there and play uh, at a very high level. So um, I'm good with that. I, I, I just, the bottom line is just that I just want them to get this game over with so we can start talking playoffs because the fans, are not, until they see 0-0-0 on the scoreboard and us winning, uh, I think they're going to be panicking all the way up until kickoff. All right, Leon, you, myself, head coach Dave Campo, we will have a fifth quarter. I know you're fired up for it. I am too. We're thinking about 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. Sunday morning, two hours after the Jaguars and the Titans go final. Boy, I really hope we're celebrating a division championship and not uh, talking about a loss. That would be awful all the way around. But let me ask you, you've been pretty spot on with your predictions as of late. You were one of the only people that I knew. They picked Jacksonville to beat Dallas, and you got that right right on the head. What do you think? I know it sounds like you're picking Jacksonville, but what type of game do you expect on Saturday night? Well, I expect the Jaguars to come out fast, start fast, uh, get the ball into their playmakers, um, feed uh, Travis Etienne. Uh, I think they're going to protect Trevor Lawrence well. I think we're going to go up and down the field on them, and um, – uh, I think we're going to play well defensively. So uh, my my score is I got Jacksonville twenty seven, Titans seven. That would be absolutely outstanding. I would take that every day of the week, and if that does happen, only the second AFC South championship in Jaguar history. Leon Searcy, I will talk to you Sunday morning about one a.m. and hopefully you and I and Coach Dave Campo are talking about a division championship. Thank you, my friend. You got it, brother. Back here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM in the city of Jacksonville. We are glad you are with us. The AFC South championship game coming up Saturday night between the Jaguars and the Titans. There is a lot to get into, and with that, let me welcome in my friend Dave Campo, former head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. He's our head coach here on 1010XL, and he's always kind enough to join us here on Hacker After Dark. Coach, how we doing? Doing fine, Hack. Uh, excited about the opportunities that uh, this team has this weekend, and uh, let's get it going. The Jaguars, Coach, this Saturday night, the AFC South Championship game against the Tennessee Titans. First and foremost, Jaguar fans are not happy that the NFL put Jacksonville on a Saturday night. My response to that is, well, the Jaguars will only have played one game in 16 days prior to kickoff. Remember, they had 10 days off between the Jets and the Texans, six days off after the Texans. So I don't know if there's any real advantage. I would think the Jaguars, only one game in 16 days, are probably pretty rested as well. But did you have any issue with what the NFL did scheduling-wise? Well, you know, my initial reaction was as a fan. You know, the, the initial reaction is, you know, I wish they had a full week and not so much for the rest part of it, but for the game plan and practice part of it. You know, anytime that you cut back a day or two, you know, there's a possibility of not doing quite as much as as you would have done under different circumstances. But as a football coach, you know, uh, I loved playing on Thursdays as an example especially after winning the game before, because I think the confidence level is up. And I think that is bodes well from that standpoint. And as a football coach, you know, we're just getting on the field a day early 
and let's go win the football game. So, you know, sometimes when you have too much time off, you don't play as well. And, and that might be the situation with the Titans. You don't know that. There's a lot of thought, though, that the Titans are going to be, quote, more rested. The Jaguars might be tired. And my response to that is, does 24 hours really mean that much? I mean, the game was going to be Sunday at 8 o'clock. Instead, it's Saturday at 8 o'clock. Are people blowing it out of proportion, Coach, the 24 hours? Yeah, I think from that standpoint, as a coach, yes, because, uh, you know, they've just played uh, a, a bunch of games. They, they played a, a Thursday game. Uh, there should be no the, – the adrenaline factor of this ball game should overcome any of those situations uh, from a coaching standpoint. And, again, I don't look at it as much rest as having one less day of game planning to get ready for the ball game. The advantage though is there it's a division opponent and we know the Titans, obviously uh, there's been a ton of work done on the Titans uh, that are available to the coaches right now. A couple of more for Dave Campo here on hacker after dark coach, the home field advantage idea on Saturday night. I can't even believe I'm going to say this, but I'm going to say it. I wonder if the Jaguars might not be at least a little better off if this game was on the road. And I'll tell you why. They go into Tennessee and win. They go into New York and win. They go into Houston and win. They've won three road games in a row, and all three have been in fairly dominating fashion. You come home, and and I I won't say they're going to take their foot off the pedal, but I think a lot of people are talking about the environment and how crazy it's going to be. If I'm Mike Vrabel and the Titans coming into Jacksonville, brother, it's us against the world. No one's picking them. They're coming into the enemy's backyard Maybe I'm overthinking this, but as well as Jacksonville has played on the road, I don't know if the home field is, you know, where I would want to play this game, quite frankly. What's your thought on that? Well, uh, I don't think the home field advantage is as big in today's football for some reason as it was back in the day. And I don't know what the answer is for that. But I do know that in in this team's mind, this is a playoff game. There's no, you know, if we win, we're in, or this and that. This is a playoff game, and they've been in that situation for the last four or five games. So the 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 emotion of the game is helped by the home fans, in my opinion. And And again, some of that is because, you know, back in the day when I was coaching, it was a big factor. So... You know, I look at it like I would rather be playing at home than on the road. And that's just, you know, just my opinion. And I think the excitement of the game will be there as long as we can keep our poise. The only thing where I agree with you a little bit is that in this last ball game, uh, you know, obviously, uh, I don't know that Trevor played the best that he's played uh, in that ball game. Because I think early in the ball game, he was a little excited and he sailed a few balls. Well, you know, the added excitement of of being here at home, that could happen as well. I just hope it doesn't. Coach, as we begin to wrap up with you, you made a comment on the fifth quarter on Sunday night that I completely agreed with. You know, you talk about all the millions of dollars that were spent on free agents that have come in and been great. Like, Foye Lewican has been great. Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, Zay Jones, I would say all three of those guys have been great additions to this roster. So this is not 
a slight on any of them. But the best acquisition this team made in the offseason, Coach, is Doug Peterson, and it's not even close. Uh, there's no question about that in my mind because, uh, you know, he, he uh, you know, the game is won on the field. We know that. We're excited that, that our the guys that have come in have, have, have performed. But a lot of – there are two things that I think Doug Peterson has affected. One is the quarterback. Uh, I – had a uh, it was an interesting quote. I don't I don't want to belabor this, but there was an interesting quote from uh, Reggie Ragland, the linebacker from from the Browns, talking about the difference between Wentz and uh, Heineke in the game with the Red with the uh, Commanders. And he said, "Wentz is a long strider, slow release. Heineke is a short strider, quick release." Well, that's the same thing that Denny. Thompson, the quarterback whisperer on our shows, said about Trevor last year, and this team fixed that. And that's the quarterback coaches and Doug Peterson. He is now a short strider, quick release guy. So that is one of the things. And all those free agents you talked about, except the defensive guy, are affected by how the quarterback plays. That's number one. Number two, he has a steady hand. He's a gunfighter that wins a lot of fights because he doesn't worry too much about the opponent. He worries about his team and what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. And our team has been a quick draw team here uh, under difficult circumstances. So to me, to put them in this situation, his steady hand with the culture and everything in that locker room, the guy's a leader and he is a Huge factor in what's going on here. All right, Coach, 30 seconds to go. Are we talking playoffs next week? Do you think the Jaguars get it done Saturday night? I have a lot of confidence in this team right now from what I've seen in the last uh, the last uh, four, five, six, seven, eight weeks. Uh, I, I like this team going into this game. I think we're going to win. I think it's going to be a tough game. I don't think it's going to be one of those where, you know, it's a blowout but I do believe that this team will be uh, ready to go early in the ball game. Uh, they'll stop the run or control the run, and I think we'll be in good shape. He's our head coach here on 1010XL, Dave Campo, always kind enough to join us here on Hacker After Dark. Coach, thank you very much. Enjoy the ball game, and hopefully you and I will be talking playoffs here in a couple of days. Thank you, my friend. You got it. Back here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM in the city of Jacksonville. We are glad you are with us. The Jaguars and the Titans. Saturday night, 8-15 for the AFC South Championship. Of course, you'll hear the game right here on 1010XL. Let's go to a man that knows all about playing do-or-die games against the Jaguars. He is former All-Pro and Pro Bowl safety for the Tennessee Titans, Blaine Bishop. You hear him now on 104.5 The Zone up in Nashville, and he's always kind enough to join us here on 1010XL. Blaine, how we doing, man? Oh, man, everything's great uh, down here in uh, Nashville, except for uh, the Titans trying to figure out uh, how to uh, stop this losing streak. That, that's one thing. <laughs> you know, Blaine, and, and look, you and I talked a month ago, right, before the Jaguars went into Nashville, and they finally won a game up there for the first time in nine years, and we spent so much time down here talking about from three and seven to now eight and eight. The Jaguars have won five out of six. From your perspective, how did Tennessee get here? How did they go 
from seven and three to now seven and nine and one more loss away from what would be considered a pretty big collapse? Well, I mean, naturally, you know, everybody's having injuries, but they're leading the league once again in injuries. And this time it's a little bit different in that, you know, it's key uh, players injured and not for just a, a game or two. So I think missing multiple games and, and then at weak points of, uh, of the team. And when you're talking about that, there's not a lot of depth on the offensive line. This team is built with the line. So once you start having injuries there, now you can't run the football and be as effective. Uh, then Tannehill uh, gets injured and then he's a little more not, immo- you know, he's not immobile, but he wasn't as mobile as he was before. Uh, and then he eventually gets hurt and then you got to play with a, you know, a rookie quarterback uh, who, uh, you know, had a lot of growth uh, to grow in this league uh, coming from uh, Liberty. And then in the secondary, you got a lot of injuries there. And then some guys getting banged up front. And even when the season started, uh, having Landry out, tearing his ACL on a fluke, you know, kind of half go uh, practice walkthrough was kind of crazy, too. So it just kind of all snowballed. And then, uh, you know, you kind of lose confidence. And then, uh, you know, every time you got to make a play, you can't make a play. And you're trying so hard to make play. So I really thought Jacksonville was going to come down here and have a great shot of, of winning the last time. And they did uh, because of where the Titans were. Now they found a, a quarterback, at least a backup quarterback. But now it's a starter and, and Dobbs, who's only been here a couple weeks and uh, at least giving them hope and a little bit of juicy. You know, there's no more victories than losing to the Cowboys, but the team looked different. They threw 39 times and hadn't thrown 39 times all season. Uh, so at least they showed some faith in him. And so we'll see if that'll lead to uh, progress as far as the passing game and maybe getting some defensive guys back who set out uh, Autry being one of them, as well as Big Jeff and Fulton and Hooker in the secondary. So we'll see if that helps make a difference. Uh, not sure, but the, the offense going to have to score more than 14 points. Uh, to 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 win this game, did you agree with the announcement that they're starting Dobbs and and what is what does he bring to the table? Again, you like you said, he's only been there three weeks, but agreed, it did look a little different last week against Dallas. Uh, I thought uh, it was the right move, but you know, it took a a lot of uh, foresight to see that he was that much better. Uh, in game being that he had no experience as a starter in the National Football League. Now, we've seen him in the preseason, been in the league six years, so I was confident that he'd be uh, pretty decent. Uh, but, you know, to, you know, a guy that you drafted to bench him, like, where does that put his mental psyche in? Because uh, every game he was getting better is just his road to getting better was so much further than, than most being in the offense that he was at Liberty. Uh, so, uh, it shows to me they have no confidence in him, and he's just going to take way too much time, and they don't have time right now. So that was the right call, and uh, he performed well. Uh, he made mistakes, Dobbs, uh, interceptions, fumbles, and everything else behind that offensive line uh, that is not so good. So, yeah, I thought it was the right call, and it's the right call again to to make sure that he is a starter and, and Malik stays focused to maybe get an opportunity and see how it's really done. And, uh, you know, Dobbs has actually played with this calmness about him. You know, we we watched him a lot in college, naturally. And I, and I was actually a, a fan of his to be successful in this league. And I was a little surprised that he wasn't at least a backup. He was on a practice squad with the or, uh, Detroit Lions. And uh, to see him go out there with this calmness and confidence about him uh, is really unique to watch. So uh, I just like that part of him. And hopefully he'll get, you know, out of this is that he is a, 
for sure back up in the National Football League and not on a practice squad. Blaine Bishop, former All-Pro and Pro Bowl safety of the Tennessee Titans, here with us on 1010XL in Jacksonville. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Jaguar defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell met the media earlier this week, and we remember Dobbs was here in Jacksonville for uh, probably a couple of cups of coffee, uh, I think like half a year. And uh, he said, look, the scouting department came to us so we could get ready for this game because a lot of the scouts were here when Dobbs was brought in because, the, quite mm-hmm. frankly, Blaine, the Jaguars just don't have a lot of tape to go on. They have the Dallas game, and like you said, some mm-hmm. preseason games. But as a defensive guy, put yourself in Mike Caldwell and the Jaguar defense's point of view. I mean, it's got to be tough to prepare for a guy that's only been with a team for two and a half weeks. Yeah, it, it is tough. Uh, I was always a proponent on uh, I'd rather play a team or a player that I played against than, than I haven't. Uh, so – not having a lot of film. I was a film junkie, uh, not to have film on them, uh, you know, and all you can rely on is that you believe that they're running the offense that they want to run, even if it was, you know, Dobbs, Malik Willis, or uh, Ryan Tannehill. And that's what I probably would lean on more than anything else. They may put in some curveballs, may run a little more boots, uh, RPO stuff because of his running ability. But other than that, I think they were just running their offense. Uh, it looks like he'll take a little more shots deep uh, down the field, a little more risk averse so uh we shall see uh but yeah that that's pretty much all you can go on so i i, I never i've never felt comfortable playing guys that i i hadn't seen before uh good example is that when we played the bills uh on that that run we had to the super bowl uh you know they they played uh doug flutie over rob johnson who was in jacksonville as well and uh uh, you know, I played against Doug Flutie, and I knew what he he could and couldn't do. But Rob Johnson had the big arm, but we knew X marks the spot that he wasn't going to be a mobile guy. So we had familiarity with both of them. Uh, so that kind of put me in a comfort level. But if I hadn't played uh, Flutie as much, so I was excited that they didn't start Flutie because he brought more problems to the defense because of his scrambling ability. Yeah, so, and yeah, certainly that win for you that. guys, uh, you know, that Music City Miracle game. And I'll get to that, Blaine, because uh, the Jaguars and the Titans are meeting right. for the second time in a win-and-go-home scenario dating back to oh. 2000. So we'll get to that in oh. a moment. Um, Derrick Henry is going to be healthy, or at least healthier, maybe the healthiest he's been all year. Yeah. Common thought is they're going to give the ball to him 30 times. I've been telling people down here, though, look, if I'm Tennessee and I know Jacksonville – is expecting the run and the run early, and I might open up some play action pretty early on and maybe see if I can get Burks or Woods behind the Jaguar defense. I mean, how much of a factor do you think Henry will be, or could he be even almost a decoy early on uh, in the in the ball game? <laughs> well, they see that you, you're thinking exactly how I think, but I don't know if, if uh, Todd Downing, the offensive coordinator, thinks that way. Uh, that's playing, you know, we're we're playing. Uh, Chess and not checkers, and uh, so that's kind of how I would use them too as well, at least early on, because I know everybody's going to be wired up and fired up early on. First down, they're going to hand off to Henry, you know, on the stretch or read or whatever, and and uh, so yeah, I would use him as a decoy, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to give him the ball still twenty something times in this game, and you know, build around Derrick Henry, especially playing uh, Jacksonville, which is. Uh, his hometown, as well as a team uh, that he fumbled in, in his mind that he cost him the game uh, there uh, fumbling in the uh, right before halftime. So uh, he'll be healthy. He'll be fired up. Uh, so we shall see. I, I want I like to see a balanced attack, to be honest. 
from the Titans offense, being able to run, use play action pass, quick passing game, and then take them downtown. That way you're impacting the defense in more ways than one. Uh, but when you get stagnant and you just kind of, you know, play close to the vest, then you're liable to make a mistake and then you can't overcome those mistakes. And the Titans, you know, they can't overcome mistakes averaging 14 points uh, a game in the National Football League, which is unheard of in my mind uh, in this day and age of offense. Couple of more for former Titans All Pro safety Blaine Bishop. You get him now, 104.5 the zone up in Nashville. Blaine in the first game, Evan Ingram was a Titans destroyer. I mean, he had two Woo. touchdowns. I think he had 11 grabs. And look, that was Kevin Byard on him for a large portion of that game. Yes. Byard's arguably the best defensive player you got, certainly either he or mm-hmm. Jeffrey Simmons. So as a uh, former safety like yourself, you know the, the Titans personnel. What would you try to do to stop Evan Ingram this time around? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, he showed his worth uh, there uh, being, uh, what was he, a first or second round pick by the Giants. And uh, really, the the bugaboo with him has been just his health. He's always had this kind of talent. Uh, I would somewhat use him uh, like they did, maybe not target him as much. I think they targeted him 15, 16 times. He had like 11 catches for 160 yards, two TDs or so. Uh, I would definitely bang on him at the line of scrimmage with some linebackers, then double him. Uh, but you got to watch out for Christian Kirk because he wasn't targeted as much in that game. But going into that game, I watched numerous games of those guys, the Jags, and he was kind of the focal point of the offense in the passing game and was the setup guy. He didn't get a lot of targets that game because of Ingram was playing so well. And Ingram has continued that, but just not as many targets. Uh, so I would say they're going to have issues with both of those guys, especially if everybody in the secondary is not playing. Uh, so that's going to be an interesting matchup. I think it's going to cause havoc and problems for the Titans. I don't know if they really have the answer because a Bayard one-on-one was not the answer. The linebackers doubling him and, and banging on him wasn't the answer. Uh, then he was just out jumping people for touchdowns. So I think he's going to be an issue, one, that they just want to kind of contain. But they also can't forget, you know, ETN is one of the fastest running backs. And Trevor Lawrence is kind of hot right now. He's kind of feeling himself so they got a lot of components here that uh, really can cause problems for the strength, I would say, going into this game for the Titans is the defense. So uh, if they don't counterbalance that and play a wide-open offense, they'll be in trouble early and often. Blaine, how healthy are the Titans? Look, we see the injury report. We see guys that are limited in practice. I mean, it's 16 games in. Everybody's banged up at this point. But are guys playing, but they're going to be playing, you know, 75 80%, or is this team – legitimately healthy coming into this game well that is a big question It's always tough as a player and a coach is the guy that's 80 percent better than the backup who's giving you 100 percent. so i'm i'm going to make an assumption you know we don't get to be at practice and see him every you know day and anything like that during the season but uh if you get i, I think you're going to see big jeff archery on the d-line so they'll be back i don't think we're going to see long so monty rice and uh gibby and and Cole, I guess, will be the linebackers. Uh, I'm going to say we're probably going to see Hooker, but Fulton is still, to me, a question mark. I'm not sure. I think it'll be a game-time decision. You know, when you got those soft tissues, you know, injuries, you just never know, and it's a growing. Uh, another uh, thing that popped up, uh, you know, yesterday was uh, Burks on there for growing and was limited. So yeah, I, I mean, that's a gi- – we, we noticed that down here. That's a gigantic deal, right? Yeah, that is that that is huge because he, he you know when he's played he's been impactful, but he hasn't stayed healthy for long periods of time and kind of fluke stuff. Nothing major, but 
you know, you, you get the turf toe, or, you know, early on, you miss a couple games, then he gets, you know, concussed in a big hit against the Eagles uh, here. And then uh, now he's dealing with a new quarterback, didn't get a lot of targets last game with Dobbs. And then now he has a growing. So, you know, not practicing and not being consistently on the football field can, you know, affect uh, the impact you really can have. So if he's out there, he's, he's an impactful player, even – with uh, being a rookie uh, and the sky's the limit for him if he stays healthy. And I, I think he eventually will get there, but we saw big strides with him missing with the toe and then getting in better shape and was much more focused. And he's a good kid, so you know he, he wants to do right. Blaine, final question. And, look, I think it's a cautious optimism down here. Clearly, no one outside of Nashville is picking the Titans to win this game, which I almost think helps Tennessee. It's kind of the us-against-the-world mentality, backs-against-the-wall. Yeah. The only thing about that is it's weird because that's Jacksonville's mentality, right? Jacksonville <laughs> yeah. has always been Duval versus all y'all is the, is the mantra, and nobody yeah. believes in us. And now all of a sudden Jacksonville goes from the underdog to the overwhelming favorite, but there's no doubt to me, and you're much closer to it than I am, Vrabel's going to have those guys ready to play, and the Titans are the AFC South champions until they're not. So Jacksonville is going to have to play their A game to me, Blaine, on Saturday night. Yeah, and I, I really believe the Titans' viewpoint is they're going to have to do the same, and, I, and I'm interested to see if they're able to put up points, uh, more than 14 points. I think they're going to have to put up at least 21 points, and the defense is going to have to play phenomenal and get some turnovers to have a shot of winning the game. I, ain't, I, I said a shot. Uh, I think uh, the, the, you know, the Jaguars are the better team. I said that last time they played and they won. Uh, I think they just have uh, evolved in their young talent, starting with the quarterback and all the nice picks that they've had with better coaching. Now they realize how to win games and close out games. Can they consistently do it here at the end of the season? They've kind of gotten hot. So we shall see where they're at. Uh, I like what they look like, and I think it's a dangerous team if they win this game and they get into a playoffs. I think it's a team you don't want to play because they don't know what they don't know, and sometimes that's a good thing. So we shall see if uh, they uh, rise to the occasion, and I I think they have just enough. I just don't think the Titans have enough. They're going to have to play near perfect. Not to say that they can't. Defensively, he's going to have to dominate. Uh, Henry's going to have to get over 100 yards, and and Dobbs going to have to throw for a couple touchdowns, and I just don't know if they can do it on a consistent basis. As we wrap up, this might be something for Mickey and you guys to discuss on your program. Um, There is a thought down here that it's payback time for January 23rd, 2000. (laughs) And look, it's the second time ever it's win or go home between the Jaguars and the Titans. Of course, you played in the last one 23 years ago in the AFC South or the AFC championship game back in the year 2000. So, Jaguar fans are unbelievably fired up, and to say that they hold a grudge for 23 years would be an understatement. So uh, I imagine it's going to be a hornet's nest when Josh Dobbs and the fellas come in on Saturday night, but Tennessee has certainly proven in the past that they can win games like this. So it'll be a lot of fun, and quite frankly, Blaine, it brings up a lot of memories of this great rivalry, and hopefully this rivalry is building back to that point again. Yeah, you know, I I thought uh, them getting the hit on uh, Derrick Henry right before half and causing a fumble. I thought I said this on our show is it was a changing of the guard to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they believed then now they could take down the the big King and and Henry and the Titans, uh, and the mantle was passed. So I I really believed that, 
And uh, I know it's a lot of revenge factor, you know, today, you know, with the, the Titans, uh, but we were their kryptonite. They were a heck of a team and they, they're probably the best team. And we always played our best for them because we knew we had to, to beat them with all the weapons they had on offense. Uh, and so, you know, we had our kryptonite, which was the Ravens. So everybody had that team. Unfortunately, uh, we played them and, and was uh, good enough to, to get a win there uh, for the third time. But if you wanted to bet money, beating a team three times, especially of that caliber, is unheard of. I probably would have bet against us, uh, being that I was confident and that we could beat them. But you just never know when you get out there. So, uh, man, hats off to them. But, man, I, I, I feel them. I feel their pain because I, I felt the pain the next year, or at least our team did losing to the Ravens, which was a better team than that year, that year that we uh, went to the Super Bowl and we, we lost in the second round. So I understand completely the fans are justified in being fired up for this game. And Vrabel's talked about preparing for the noise and everything else, which hadn't even dawned on me what this game really meant uh, earlier in the week. And, and what you're talking about, and it's a 20 year, you know, history here of pain that uh, they want to unleash and, and get revenge here uh, at their home home stadium. It'll be a it'll be a great scene, no question about that. Blaine Bishop, former All Pro safety of the Tennessee Titans, you get him now on one hundred four five the Zone up in Nashville. Blaine, as always, thank you for your time, man. We certainly appreciate it. If Tennessee were to win, best of luck to you guys in the postseason. We'll talk again soon. Always the best, bro. Thank you, appreciate it. And thank you to former Tennessee Titans All Pro safety Blaine Bishop for joining us tonight here on Hacker After Dark. You hear him now. 104.5 The Zone up in Nashville. Boy, it's a big one. Tomorrow night, the Jaguars and the Titans for the AFC South Championship. You'll hear the game right here on 1010XL kickoff at 8.15. We got a lot of people to thank for a Friday night edition of Hacker After Dark. Blaine Bishop, former Tennessee Titan. How about former Jacksonville Jaguar? Pro Bowl offensive tackle Leon Searcy. Always appreciate Leon joining us. We had our head coach here on 1010XL, Dave Campo, give his thoughts about tomorrow night's game. And Brian Sexton, Jaguars.com, as we got you ready for what is potentially the biggest regular season home game in the history of the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, 8-15 kickoff tomorrow. Pre-game coverage here on 1010XL will begin right about 3.30 tomorrow afternoon. That'll lead you into the network pregame at 5, the game broadcast at 8.15, the network postgame, and then, yes, Dave Campo, Leon Searcy, and yours truly, we will have a fifth quarter. We're predicting, uh, what, at 1 a.m. to 3 a.m., roughly, Sunday morning, and let's hope that we are celebrating a division championship. Dylan Denmark was your producer tonight. Dylan, great job as always. I'm the hacker Ryan Green and I think Jacksonville will win that division championship. I think it's going to be close. I think Vrabel is going to have the Titans ready. That is a proud franchise despite all the injuries, but at the end of the day, the Jaguars have Doug Peterson and the Jaguars have Trevor Lawrence. And I think that'll be too much for Tennessee to overcome. And I do think Jacksonville will be celebrating their second AFC South championship in franchise history. Enjoy the game. It's going to be one of the best environments in this city for a Jaguar home game that we have had in a long, 
long time. And again, I will talk to you on the fifth quarter Sunday morning right about 1 a.m. As always, Jacksonville, we appreciate you listening to a Friday night edition of Hacker After Dark here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. And for all of us here on HAD, have an absolutely terrific remainder of your Friday evening. And let's go Jaguars all the way to an AFC South championship tomorrow night. And I'll talk to you on the fifth quarter early, early Sunday morning. Until then, good night, Jacksonville.